yachts. On and on, on and co-ops, on drop top, boots and yachts. Guzzling space yachts and scotch. Formulating up plots to escape from Salem's lot. Cause it's scorching hot. Making it hard trying to figure who's out to trap me. Pataki, got all kinds of undercovers that's coming at me. Perhaps he won't be happy till they snap. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to fourth episode of Sapphire Kitchen Radio. That was AZ, Sugar Hill, one of my favorite cuts off his first album. Today's episode, uh, I want to talk about how I think the culture has shifted in terms of the way we eat uh, here in the United States, especially um, what I see is some of the food trends that that are popping up in terms of the the way we're eating. Right, I think there's been a little bit of a shift of how we think about food and what we do for meals. Um, I'm going to talk about some of the services out there that provide quick instant meals for people. A bit of my own uh, experience and how that's kind of affected how I view food. And then I'm going to talk about, you know, where is like some common ground? Where do we, how do you navigate this? If you, if you're trying to, if that's something that's on your mind. Um, so I'm just going to play a bit more music and then we're going to jump right into this show. All right. Place me where half a slacks be sitting in cast Jackie, but never me. See, my destiny's to be forever free. In ecstasy on a hill that awaits for me. So plus just to visualize it like a coke bus. Vivid enough to make living this a must plus. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Let's jump right into it. So kind of what kind of crossed my mind the, this past weekend, I was in New York and I was having a conversation with my friends and I was talking to them about the fact that I think that we've really changed the way that we think about food and creating the process of eating, you know, the, the process of eating. And it changes our relationship with food in my belief. Um, but we see it as something that's, you know, well, we want the best thing all the time. We don't always need out of just necessity for fuel. I feel like if you really think about food as fuel, it becomes more of a you being a foster a healthy relationship with with it, and you see kind of what food does for you and does for your body. So you eat the things that you you want to eat that you know are gonna you know propel you and kind of bring you through your day full of energy and make you as as give you as much energy, give you as much as possible, but rather not take anything away from you. That being said, the conversation came up because I guess in New York, I'm not used to this kind of treatment, but I guess in New York, you can get literally almost anything delivered instantly. Now I'm aware of like Postmates and I'm aware of um, other delivery services. For example, tonight, I just got uh, some Indian food delivered to me via Amazon. So I didn't know that you could do, but Amazon runs it through DoorDash and DoorDash, I'm sure probably uses another service or has another kind of sister service that provides the same thing. But regardless, I got my food within, I think it was like 12 or 13 minutes, um, which is ridiculous. The place is like a mile and a half away. So I don't know how I, they must've just had everything ready and made and were just able to plate it and, and send it out the door. But that was really, I was really surprised at how convenient it was, but we started talking about it because I guess at the time we were about to order food or we were going to go grocery shopping and he was like, well, I could just get the groceries ordered. And I was like, well, 
where's the grocery store? And it was literally like within, it was within a thousand feet. So it was not, <laughs> it was maybe like a two minute walk um, from their apartment. But the convenience, like you can get groceries delivered for free. I would love to do that. Where I live right now, like to walk to the grocery store, it takes me about uh, like 15 minutes or so to get there and then back. And then that's like with groceries if I'm buying and like carrying them in my backpack. Um, so it could be a pain in the butt, but it's, you know, the convenience that I, I they're able to have is, is great. You can order beer and have it delivered to you as well. That's fantastic. No, no delivery charge or anything. That's great. Um, so I thought that was a really cool thing. But because of that, I think that the way that you kind of, I don't know, I, I appreciate, I'll say this, I'll probably say it this way. I appreciate the situation I have, because I know if I want something, I have to walk and like physically put effort into going to get it. And a little thing about me, I don't really go out to eat that often. I will do it and I do like to go out and eat, but I just enjoy the process of cooking so much that if I really want something or create something, Unless that place like makes it better than any other thing I've ever had in my life, I'm just gonna try and make it myself. Um, that way, I just know how to make one. I know how to make the dish, and two, um, I'll probably save money on just making it more and more and more times than just like ordering it or going out to order it, especially if I have the ingredients. But that's not here nor there. Um, I just thought it was interesting to think like when I when I go to the grocery store, I have to like think about what I'm gonna go get. I have to think about, do I have it already? What do I need? Can I kind of change or, you know, addend the rest, make an addendum to the recipe or, or something, right? Um, so there's a lot of thought that goes into that process. And I just like going to the grocery store. It's kind of relaxing. I want to do a, a podcast episode where that I record while in the grocery store. Just kind of going through my thought process of like, as I walk in and like everything I do going through uh, up into the checkout part. But the convenience of, I think, people now, like, we spend a lot of time, again, I think the way that food is marketed to us, it doesn't encourage a healthy relationship with food, right? I think the way that food's marketed to us is, like, it's seen as, like, everything you eat should be the best thing you've eaten that day. That's pretty stiff competition. If you're eating the best thing every day, that's what you're getting marketed about, like marketed towards. That's what they're trying to do with the marketing. They're trying to tell you you need to eat well, like all the time. That's not always true. That's a bit of it's to me. It's it. I can't. I don't want to be a hypocrite. It is a big litmus to like just think that, you know, every meal that I have is going to be the best thing I've eaten at all times. And I, I fall victim to that as well. I think I do. I I do enjoy, again eating, cooking, and the whole process behind it. So, yeah, if I'm going to make something, I'm going to make something good. I'm not going to make something bad, I guess. But I think what we have now is just too much convenience in being able to just pick up food and pick up food really quickly. Um, I think since I got older, what was, like, the first, the first fast casual place I knew of was, like, Five Guys. Five Guys, and then it was Moe's. Growing up in West Hartford, we had this place called West Hartford Center. Excuse me, grew up in Bloomfield. Going to school in West Hartford, we had this place outside of school called West Hartford Center. And they would have, um, they put in like a, a Moe's there. And they put in another, like, I think these, like a Robex. And there's like a bagel place. So these are like fast casual places, like, right? But not, I would say the chains that I was used to seeing. 
right? So the food was decent, but it was just kind of simple. Like you kind of have a couple of base things you can get. Chipotle is like the best example of this because you can get a burrito bowl and like fill it with like different, you can fill it with different toppings and combinations. So it's like they have four base things, but they have like maybe 16 different toppings that you can use. And like you're just choosing between those 16 toppings, like what you want um, from that one base kind of price. So great, great business concept, right? You're just prepping everything that you're making is, is set already. So you just, you're literally just adding toppings to it. So all, only prep you're really doing outside of like the meats is just making sure that those uh, veggies and other toppings are fresh. I'm not sure if Chipotle always does that um, per all their health kind of uh, health issues that they've been, they've been having over the past couple of years. But when I first started seeing fast casuals pop up, I never thought about it as anything like I never thought like how much of an impact they might have kind of saying that I was used to eating at home all the time like we had order food out maybe on like a Friday if no one felt like cooking but I would say like if I was to eat you know 21 meals out of the week like three meals a day seven days a week I would probably only get I'd probably eat 20 19 or 20 of those meals in the house like, so we're always just making food um, in terms of, like, if we wanted something, we go to the grocery store and make it. But it's not very often that we would just go out and just get food because um, we didn't feel like cooking. It was kind of, like, the process, and I think that's why I enjoyed so much, the process of, like, actually preparing it and, you know, putting love and thought into it. It was, like, a, a way that I think my family definitely expressed, like, care and, and thought for each other, um, which is something I really appreciate about food now. And because of that, because I think my grounded relationship in food is that of a place of simply like love and like what I'm making you is like I'm putting my heart into it. And that's why I want you to try it. And that's why, you know, it's okay to eat it and eat a lot of it because or indulge because it's like this is made with love. And it's like you're, you're taking in this, this loving process, like this little physical, this physical representation, representation of love. Um, so I think that's a really good thing. On the other hand, if you're eating, like, fast casual, right, the other, like, fast food places you'd think of as a kid, like, thinking McDonald's, Burger King, all those places, but these fast casual spots, like, they offer, especially now, there's some that offer, I would say, like, I guess if you think of fast food, you would think of it as, like, just unhealthy. The other thing about it, like, heavily processed, unhealthy, blah, 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 you know, kind of follow the trend. Now they have like fast casual places where you could say like they're like borderline, right? It's less processed food, but they're more, I guess they're, they're borderline being healthier, right? More real food. We think of like McDonald's French fries and like the chicken nuggets they have is just formed Play-Doh food, right? There's no real, we don't know where it's coming from. We don't know what it actually looks like. You can't really tell the shape of it. It's a liquid, liquid chicken meat is just formed into these patties to be fried, um, so it's all really sketchy, but these fast casual places are kind of like, oh, like I see real food, like real ingredients that I could buy at a grocery store, but they're just already prepared for me. And I don't have to worry about like thinking about a meal. I know I like this kind of flavor profile. And I think that's, you know, that's, that's what I want to eat. Um, I don't know. I think it takes some of the thought and out of like what, what your, what your body actually needs and like what you want out of your food. Right. Like I knew, 
I would say growing up, I didn't have a lot of nutritional like experience from my parents. I just think that that's not something that was taught to them. And therefore, like they didn't have the knowledge to pass it down to me, which is completely understandable. But knowing kind of what I know now going through school, um, taking like various nutrition classes, like I understand how like food's relationship with performance, especially for athletes, is, is really important. Like an athlete needs good food, good quality food to perform well, right? Your body is in, in thought a machine, right? You can think of it as a machine, right? So if you think of it like a car, you can't just keep putting in like alcohol, like rubbing alcohol for like gasoline, right? You can't just replace that. It has to be something that's that is like gasoline right if electricity if you use uh, an electric car right you can't just put in static electricity and think like your car is going to run i don't know if that's how it works i'm not an engineer nor do i know clearly anything about how <laughs> those cars run um but my example is just the fact that you want to put the best things in your body um so you feel the best and like you perform the best at all times um and i think like these fast casual places like take some of that that thought behind like what am I actually eating right I don't know how many how often maybe it's just me you know maybe I'm just this type of person but I, I do look at like ingredients calorie count um like what the actual nutritional value is of that food um does that sway me into not eating it no I like to indulge and eat like things all the time I'm not super conscious of that like you know I think everything is within balance is is good um but it, like I, I'm kind of aware of it I, I can understand how to read the labels and understand what goes into products and like what that might mean or like what that might do for my body right um that's not the only person i can speak for but i think like these because of these fast casual places right and you don't have like control of like what you're putting in or what you're adding in and like if things are like pre-made and you're eating them you you can't like really omit those things you just have to like say they have a sauce that like you know your doctor told you really not to eat sesame seeds but you don't know i had sesame seeds in it and they don't have to like tell you there's sesame seeds in it because I don't think that's a major allergen. But you're eating the sauce and now it's, you know, it's a place that you love and you go to all the time. You're eating the sesame seed sauce. So you don't know why you're having this issue with like your gut bacteria and like you can't, you know, you're always like feeling lethargic or sick or something like that. It's just because you don't know what's in like what you're, what's going into the food that you're not preparing. You're just buying it. You're just, you're just being a consumer at that point. And I think for me, I think of it as like if you go back into history like we were never yes like there's consumers right we are consumers as humans but a lot of the process and like established relationship we have with food that we created a habit loop for was about producing and then consuming the food so there's thought that goes into what you're eating because you're working to make it right you're you're taking a step in preparing it now i'm not saying this is this is not a personal attack on these Fast casual places. I'm just noticing how, one, they're really, I would actually say a lot of these fast casual places have a good business model because they figured it out, right? They are actually like really, the food is decent, right? The food is decent in most cases. You can tell that there's like real ingredients there. So it doesn't feel like you're eating fast food, right? So another marketing ploy, great by them. You're, you don't feel like you're just eating fast processed food, although it is highly processed you are eating like an actual tangible like product and that that feels better however you still don't know what's making it so i think that's the last step that like we're missing again going back to what i was saying i think like we've had throughout history we've had such an 
a relationship with food where you have to prepare or someone prepared your food for it for you you know that person there's like an intimate relationship with that person there's a soul behind that food right when you eat i feel like you eat these fast casual places like you just you don't feel there's like nothing there i, I always feel like i'm just eating calories like the same thoughtless meal it uh that could just be a personal thing maybe i'm weird i know but i just think that's like why i might have like a small gripe with them now on the same token would i have a fast casual place if i was open a business it's a question that my friend asked me and i asked myself as well uh, i probably would but i would try and actually have people who are working it as as people who want to be chefs or people who like to cook, people who want to change, like make changes and add things like that. So that's why I think like having a business like that, where you can have a base thing and you can add toppings and be creative with it. That, that to me is like kind of where I think I would, I would enjoy the most. So am I a big old hypocrite? Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's not for me to decide, I guess, for, for other people. Um, but I think like that's that to me is just something I've noticed about our food culture. It's just so nice and convenient to get food and to just consume. But there's no real thought, I feel like, that goes into how much we're consuming, how often we're consuming it, and where it's coming from. As a whole, I'm talking in general now. I can't speak for individual people because I know there's people out there are more particular about like what where they get their food from what it's sourced like how is it made who's taking care of it than i am but i'm just saying i notice as a, in general especially the way that we're marketed food it's only telling us to really think about the convenience of food rather than like there should be a relationship and i think a bit of i don't want to say struggle as if you know to use that word freely but i feel like there should be a bit of like Pushback, right? There should be some small barriers to like create the food or to have the food where, you know, there there's something that goes into makes you think about it, right? So you're not just consuming, right? Because a lot of times, like we even I feel like there's been times where I I might have bought in food, not liked it, and just thrown it out, and it's like, oh, well, you know, I didn't waste any time, right? Time is like one of our pre most precious commodities. I didn't waste any time, but I did just waste a little bit of money. So now I'll just throw the food out. No no big deal, right? I didn't really waste my time. But if you imagine if you made a whole dish and, you know, maybe it didn't taste right, but you know, all the ingredients you put in it are stuff that your body needs to feel right. You're cooking things that your body needs to eat, that you need to eat to keep your body going, keep your body full fueled. Even if it's bad, you're probably not going to throw it out. One, because you bought all that food, you made it. And then two, like you realize that, eh, well, if it doesn't taste exactly how I wanted it to come out, right? If you set that expectation of, you know, you make a dish and it has to come out this way. If it doesn't come out exactly that way, well, maybe you just, you can change that recipe a bit or add a different element to it to kind of make it uh, into something else. And I think, I don't know, it just, it, it makes you kind of think about what you're, what you're consuming, how much you're consuming of it and kind of the, the relationship that you have with the food. I'm going to jump into the next segment about like kind of like what I think my relationship with food is like now and kind of maybe what it was like before and give you just like a little tidbit into like why I think this topic came up and it was interesting to me. Um, so we're gonna jump into that in a second. I'm just gonna play a bit more Chronics. Um, I hope you stick around for the next little segment. Ooh, God, I'm 
Superfood. Um, you can add it as flakes uh, and smoothies, different types of drinks. I thought it was pretty interesting. He had a song about it. Um, good, good superfood. There's a big uh, health. Um, I think that the, the roster fire, from what my understanding is, at least very surface level. I think there's a good relationship with how they view food and its connection to how it fuels us, it powers us, and it gives us strength to vibrate higher and like reach our highest potential self um so that's why you know i think it's really cool that you know chronics is talking about that i actually kind of wish we had more rappers kind of talk about healthy food and rap is like a genre i listen to heavy and i know i think right now or in this past year and a half two years maybe i was actually let's put it at five years past five years rap has probably become one of the most popular genres across the world so i would like to hear like you know with that you know great power comes great responsibility it has. I would like to hear some like carryover of how you know your relationship with food can change. There's been some like rappers can change through with like the rap songs. Now I feel like there's been some rappers who express like you know their enjoyment of food. Obviously I think we all do, but their kind of connection with it and how it can kind of they can. I feel like they have the the power to kind of influence people on how they eat. You saw Jay Z and Beyonce offered. I don't know if this is real or fake. And sometimes I can't tell anymore with the internet. So I just had a headline. It said Jay Z and Beyonce would offer free lifetime tickets or something like that. Lifetime tickets to their concerts if you would go vegan for a full year. And I just thought, wow, that is a quite an interesting public health endeavor on their behalf. Um, do I condone it? Yeah, cool. If you want to, if you can get and get people to do something, you know, I think you have a, a unique skill. Right, but if you can get people to change their dietary habits completely, then they need to win a Nobel Peace Prize because that's that'll be groundbreaking. Um, now, do I think it'll happen? Eh, I'm not sure, nor do I know how they would check it. But I just want to jump into this last segment and talk about my relationship with food, um, maybe in the past, and then kind of go into like how I saw it growing up a bit, and then how I see it now as like someone who is definitely an, an avid cook and how do I control maybe how often I'm cooking with what I'm eating and like how I feel my body. So growing up, um, I was lucky enough again to have my grandmother live with me. My mom was a great cook. My dad can cook a little bit as well. Um, and just having, you know, kind of food be the centerpiece of like when we'd all share a moment together. I think we all, when I grew up, I had, we all had hectic lives, right? My brother was busy with school and his friends and what, you know, his hobbies, mom working, dad is working as well I think he's working two jobs at the time and me like going to school social life playing soccer etc um, so it's like we're all busy and I think food was the one time where y'all can kind of like come together and although we didn't eat together at all I always all the time like there was moments where we'd all like be able to eat at the same time and like kind of share space and you know wherever we felt comfortable where we'd eat together etc um, so I really really enjoyed the experience growing up and I think as a kid, like having an older brother, I used to, um, <laughs> I used to try to eat as much as him. Mind you, my brother's eight years older than me, so I'm 25. Um, he's 33 right now. 
but back when I was like you know a younger kid I, there's no way I should be trying to eat as much as a person who's eight years older than me so I, I think growing up I just saw food as like oh it's like really cool like you know my brother like see we both had big appetites so I saw it as a way of like you know family bonding time like and the food was so good so it was like a really rich enjoyable experience and I feel like I developed a really unique and innate love for just food in the process of cooking and like kind of celebrating like sharing food together because I think to me it just represents so much of the times where that like I remember like I, I think I can remember a lot of like family dinners that we've had like stuff and like meals my mom's made or she's trying a new recipe etc and stuff like that um so I think like that's a really cool thing for me like I think I grew up in understanding like that I really liked food but maybe not understanding the principles of like nutrition like what I should eat what I shouldn't eat I was just like oh this is like all everything on my plate is good I have zero complaints I'll take another one please <laughs> but now I think as I got older when I went to college and I had to kind of fend for well not fend for myself like I was in war but <laughs> I had to kind of understand like you know how to you know I'm getting used to cafeteria food right it's a bit different it's not home cooked again talking about that fast casual kind of feeling like it was very much so the same kind of thought like oh well you know like we have these things that are already made buffet style food so just get a plate put as much as you want on there and you know hope you don't die um and the food i went to yukon right up in storage shout out to my fellow huskies i think the food was so bad for me like i just didn't like the food so i just got into eating like vegetables and salads and just like those those raw vegetables fruit oranges i think my freshman year for whatever reason i would eat like five or six oranges a day and two three apples it's just really obsessive i don't know why i did it but they tasted good and they're free um and i think i just kind of understood that like oh like food is not always going to be tasty i got really spoiled as a kid and like you know got really used to eating like really good food like the majority of the time so I think going to college and being like, oh, like, you know, this is kind of like ruining my appetite. I guess I'll just drink my water, eat my veggies, and <laughs> just go back to my room. But I kind of, it made me understand that, like, there is a bit of kind of, I think, I keep, I don't use the word gluttony again, but there's a bit of kind of greed that goes into eating a lot of food that's, like, really good all the time. Like, you kind of get spoiled. Like, you really are getting spoiled you kind of don't think about how like other food might taste like so you're it's like you have to think I don't know it made me think about my relationship right like am I eating because like food is good right? I think my mom when I was little used to tell me like I used to just eat when I was bored I used to just be bored and I would like snack on something like so am I eating because the food is good right am I eating because like I just enjoy eating and like just moving my mouth is this like why I'm doing a podcast so I just like talking right do I, is, is it, or is it that, like, my body was actually at a deficit for, like, the calories and, like, nutrition I needed, so, like, I was just eating because of that. When I was younger, I don't think I had the awareness to be like, oh, you know what, my body needs this, I think I need to eat that. No, I had no, I had, like, no nutritional understanding of, like, what that meant, so I think it was more so, like, I really just enjoyed eating, and, like, I just was, like, we always had good food at the house, so I was really fortunate. Now, going to college, you know, my background's in sports medicine, and I started taking these classes about nutrition, 
and I think my freshman year I took a class in nutrition I started it was like kind of eye-opening for me because my diet had just changed like that fall um, when I started and I took the class in the spring I just never had a concept of like what nutrition was and like what the actual breakdowns were and like how you could actually control all these things by just you knowing how to like count your your macro your macronutrients right count your carbs count your fats count your proteins if you can count them in grams you can figure out how much you need to actually eat now do i do that no but do i know how to do it yeah i could but i think i just enjoy like the process of just not having to be so scientific about something that um, I'm so appreciative of, right? I don't like, I think for me that my barrier with doing that is that I don't have to break down something into such like logical steps. For me, like cooking just, just doesn't feel like logical sometimes. Other than like picking up the stuff that I want to eat and I know my body needs. I did like, I do reinforce those things and affirm those things about what I learned, but in my own kind of beliefs, but I don't want to turn like this fun creative process into this logical kind of step-by-step -step process where I feel like I'm then manufacturing my own food rather than I'm creating something in a story. I'm, I'm not creating a story on the plate, right? I'm just reprinting the same book. I don't want to do that. I have enough, there's enough cookbooks out there. I want to reinvent something or create something for each of my plates that I eat personally. Um, so growing up in college, I kind of understood that there is a relationship dynamic change I think I understood that I really just need to eat to keep fueled. Like that's that's really what it is. Like I started leaning towards that side of the spectrum. Like, and I can see myself occasionally eating if I was like bored in college, right? But then I run through my snacks in like a week, and then I wouldn't have any. So I was like, okay, well, if I'm bored, I'm just not gonna eat because I don't have any snacks. Um, then after I finished up, you know, I came down here for grad school at DC, and I actually started working out and lifting more so I think when I saw my senior year I took a class on performance and weightlifting like basics and principles um, and I think like some of those like principles stuck with me about like how you can really like control your workouts in a way that you can really plan out how you can change and develop your body um, so I think that was so fascinating to me and then I think that last little Part that I'd never put the pieces together before, like not having the common knowledge of my parents, not having that knowledge about it, was that you know your diet can really affect how the how fast or how efficient those changes are that you make to your body and to your workout to to things that you can to to gain those changes. So I think for me when I started working out once I moved down to DC, I was like, oh wait, like I'm working out a lot. Am I working smarter? Or am I working way too hard and not seeing the results I want? So I realized that you could like kind of augment your diet and really get those those results that you wanted in the gym, which I thought was the coolest thing. And it was like the first time I was like applying um, things that I had no, again, when I was a kid, I had no knowledge of and no thought that like you could do that. Just thought like everyone ate and we all ate and either, you know, you're lucky and you, you stayed skinny or you're lucky and you, you're just able to be healthy, like be healthy, your, your food wouldn't make you sick, right? You're just a healthy person, but maybe just not like ideal physique, like it was just all genetic. No, I wish that someone had told me when I was younger that there's, there's like some scientific principles behind those. Right, and it's not always good to maybe restrict and limit what you're eating as a kid, 
I guess like maybe like having the knowledge about it is probably better. But as an adult, it made me appreciate. It. I was like, oh wait, I can augment these things and like really change like what I'm eating to fuel my body the best way possible. So that's when I was like, oh wait, so I can really actually even challenge myself. There's this book I read called The Habit Loop. Uh, I think by Charles Duhigg, D-U-H-I-G-G, and it talks about like principles and how you view relationships and how you, uh, the principles of how you view relationships and how you view your habits um, and how they can become cyclical in nature and how you can fall into the same patterns um, over and over again by just keeping things similar in other aspects of your life. And I realized if I could change certain things like me augmenting my diet, right? something like that where you're very mindful of how you change and like what you eat and your thought that goes into it and how powerful that can be like that's something you have to do every day right you have to eat every single day well i just i'm sorry let me say it this way ideally you should eat every single day or maybe your body doesn't eat it but the point is it it let me take the time to think about what my relationship with with food is and what it could like what it was what it is and then what it could be in the future and i realized that the more mindful i am of what i'm eating the more mindful i can be of the other things that are going on in my life um and controlling those things that you know that includes like thoughts emotions like your interactions with people your attitude those can all be kind of controlled mindfully in, in, in my opinion right there's things that are extenuating that we don't really know how they're going to affect us but we, in general, have control over like how our, we can, we have control over a lot, right? And a lot, we have a lot to say what we do in terms of our own voluntary um, actions, things that we say to people. And, and in a certain lens, we have a lot of control over that. And controlling your diet, like I felt to me, was like one of the, the easiest ways to kind of, so, so if we have control of those, what I'm trying to say is if we have control over those things, Right, I feel like since you have control of them, you can lose mindfulness of them, and because of that, you can lose control of how those aspects of your life are. So if you kind of bring back the central point, right? One of the focal points to me is again food, right? I see that you know I enjoy eating. That was like my initial my initial modus operandi. I really just enjoy eating. If I can control that aspect, and then not only do you know include not only the fact that I enjoy eating, but can I change my mindset to say I enjoy eating food that's only healthy and like highly vibrational for me, highly like, and like gives me high energy, makes me my best self. If I can change my mindset to enjoying only those foods, then I really could change my mindset to do other things, right? I can really push myself, right? I can have the concentration, the focus, right? I can flip a switch and say, oh, like, yeah, if I can control that, I can definitely control these other parts of my of my life right so I did that started working out and I realized the changes were so quick and it was something that stuck with me and I think it's a principle I still carry so long story short I think that's why I have such a negative view over what these fast casual places do right the food is good it's effective in the fact that you're able to provide meals for people who may not have places to stay they may not have the means to like buy groceries and, and cook food and the amenities to do that and the luxury of doing that, right? I granted I'm in a place of a position by saying like, you know, we should cook, you should just cook, blah, 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 that you cook. But I understand how I'm speaking again from my perspective and how I see things. 
so for that i get there is a there is a platform for them i think that there is a purpose and I, again i think they even serve quality products in some cases however my only gripe is i think that what fast casual places have done is kind of taken away our relationship from food right i kind of talked earlier about the fact that you know throughout history civilization wasn't even able to kind of flourish until we're able to start producing copious amounts of food, right? Civilization has needed food to feed people, right? We're able to um, capture livestock and domesticate animals and, you know, grow crops. And that's what really changed things for people, right? So there's been a long history of a relationship with food. So I think like the fast casual part of it and it just takes out a very, very essential element of like how our thought process, right? Our habit loop, it takes out a process of our habit loop. So if you take out that thought process of being mindful about what you're doing and what you're eating, what you're consuming, and even the process of like, you know, you may think of it like this, but like going to the grocery store could be like your process of gathering what you need, right? It's your gathering, your hunting, that's your hunting and your, your gathering. Right, so you're taking out your hunting and gathering by not going to the grocery store if you're just you you only survive off eating food from your cafeteria or you're only eating food at you know Chipotle or you know the beat or maybe like Surfside Taco play any any of these like fast casual places then you're missing an element I feel like in controlling like what controlling other elements of your life or gaining control of other elements in your life because you're letting something that could be super simple right you letting something that could be super simple become even become automated for you instead of that should be something where I feel like you put you take over and you 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 drive the range you put the car in manual you you have to shift the gears right and I think that will allow you to control other parts of like how you see yourself in the world and how you see like your control over the other things you do right and kind of your wants and your impulses. And I, I think it does have an effect on it. Um, so it's just interesting to, to see like how that dynamic has changed. And I think, again, it's not for the fault of people not wanting to do it. It's just for sure convenience. That's like fast casual places are much more convenient. And again, I think we're marketed very heavily towards those places because in a lot of instances, they're affordable, right? Convenience. And they taste good. I, it's like it's a win-win. Fast casual businesses are a very smart bit, like business plan in my in my opinion. I just think that like because we missed that that crucial step of you know real procurement, like actually going out and harvesting and and planting and and understanding of those things that we're we're missing out on essential parts of of you know control control that can be transferred into doing other things in your life. And because it's food is cooked by like people who are just doing a job to like, pr you know, produce food for consumers. It's like almost like SpongeBob when he had to make those, I don't know if you have anyone's ever seen it, but this analogy first episode, he had to make like all these hamburgers for all the, the fish that came in from a convention. He's just like flipping them out. Like no thoughts going into, he's like, I just need to get these burgers out there. Same exact thing. There's no thought. There's no soul that goes into it. No one's doctoring the recipes to make it their own, to add their own story, their own spice, their own flavor to it. So you're, you're missing out on a soul connection to the food. So that food can only make you vibrate so high if it's, if there's no soul that adds any extra vibration to it. So that, that's the way I look at it. Um, 
yeah, it's, I, I think like, you know, now the way I see it, when I, when I cook now, I try to make sure that the food is one, like a bit nutritious, right? So I try to take those creative recipes or those recipes from different things that I'm seeing that may have like meat in them or could be like omnivorous type meals. And I try to like put my own spin on them to make it, to make it a vegetarian or a plant-based dish. And I think for me, again, that's making it, if that's like a hard task, if that's my hard task to like make something that I really want that maybe I've had before in a different way, something new, something different, some creative, that's for me is like a release. And that's like having full control over like what I know is going into it, right? I'm putting out exactly what I want and what I want, what I think my body needs. So there's like a full element of control there, which I feel like makes me think I, I have full control over other things that I do in my life. You know, other decisions I make, other impulses, other things that I think about and I want to do and, you know, maybe even goals, right? If I can control this little small element, I can control my actions and my focus to like guide myself towards this goal I want. Um, so that's, that's like how I think about it now. And I think like in a lot of ways, there's been a push of like, what, what we kind of talked about in some of my public health classes is when I was going to grad school is there's a push for people to like really want to regain that relationship with food, right? Because behind that, I think we've lost the sense of community too. So I'm going to jump into that in a second. I'm just going to play a bit more chronics and then we're going to finish up this episode with a bit more of the discussion. Sorry about that. I had to take a small break. So what I was kind of finishing up, just to finish up this podcast, what I was going to say is in my grad school classes, we talked a lot about how people want to move back towards the thought of community when it comes to food. I think something we miss out on a lot is community and like knowing where your food is from. It, like We kind of laugh about, I used to laugh in college about um, the show Portlandia, and they had this one segment, shout out to Fred Armisen. Um, they had this one segment where this couple only asked, they would only eat the food if it was local. Like they only wanted to know where the, the food was from and like it only could be from Portland. And I used to laugh at it and now I go out and I, th I think about it and kind of hearing about what we talked about in grad school. Like it really is kind of important to know like where your food is coming from and like, are you supporting a local farmer? Are you supporting someone who's like making an effort to like regain that connection with the food? Because right, if you think about it, I would say our our farmers markets that you have in the community are, or like on um during the week are like your biggest sense of community, right? You're all going out for a common thing to go. You're you're going out to go buy products that are produced and grown, and like you're you're meeting those people who are making those products, right? Who are working with those products, and you're going home and you're you're ingesting that food. That food is gonna have a different scent, like a different vibrational level to you, and kind of make you feel different. I feel like. Right, because you're you're doing your best to to know where it's coming from, to know the source, and you've actually probably even you've met the people who are growing it, right? Who are directly responsible for it. 
So I think it's a really cool step that people should take because that in and of itself is community, right? You you can put a face to the person who produced what you just, one element of what your, your meal might be or something you're eating. And I think that's a big step to understanding like, you know, you're, you're meeting people who are, who are helping you, right? You're, you're coming, if you think of it this way, right? You're coming face to face with someone who's helping you out to continue living your life and doing the best that you can by providing you with food. Right? And you're providing them with the means to keep living as well with money. So I, I think it's a really cool way that we can keep to think, we can think about community and kind of rebuilding that. Now, what I'd love to see is my people of color to really get involved in these farmers markets in a really, uh, in, our, in our own unique way that we were able to do things. I think in a lot of ways, like if you, if, Luckily for me, I've, I've been able to travel to some places and I've seen like how people sell fruits on like the side of the road in the stands. And I think it's like really remarkable. They have like pretty much all the same products as everyone else is selling, even in the grocery stores. But they're, you know, having to look that person in the face and like say like, you know, you provided this exact thing for me, I think is like a really good way. Like you're you're building your relationship with someone in that community. You're strengthening a bond that goes outside of just, you know, going to the grocery store, swiping your card and you're done. Like you're meeting someone who's responsible for putting in the work. Like they're, they're, they're putting, they're dedicating their time, right? Which is a commodity. They're dedicating their time into creating something for you to enjoy. Um, so I think that's a really interesting way that we should kind of move back into with thinking how we do how we get our food and how we how we think about you know building community right can community be built through more farmers markets can it be built through more personal interactions over food i think we share a lot of impersonal interactions now right if you're at your friend's house and you're with six people and five of you want something different you all five can order a different meal and have it delivered and there's no like if ands or buts that's amazing, right? The convenience and, you know, the choice that you get in that is amazing. And the accommodation, like say you had, you know, you couldn't eat this particular thing. You can only eat this. Like, it's great, right? Because you can do your own thing. However, in that same setting, if you had a, like a dinner and you, you had to cook five different things for people, those five people are going to feel so much more appreciative and love that you took the time to create five different things for them. Right. So there, there's going to they're going to actually get a feeling from that, hopefully. Right. They're going to get a feeling from that. Like, wow, like there's thought and consideration that not only did you make yourself something, but you made five other dishes as well to feed all of us with your own hard work and like your time and effort. You put your own time into this. Right. You gave up something about yourself to make this. Um, and that's that's like where I see food now. And that's why I think it's there's a deeper connection that I have with it. Cause I see the beauty in the fact that there's, there's beauty in creation, right? Just as some say there's beauty in destruction. I think there's like really beauty in creation of, of some of these dishes and like the thought that goes into them and what it means to like, look someone in the face that, you know, is eating your food and like, you know, sharing that experience with you, sharing something with you that you created um, that can be consumed. Cause I think in a lot of ways art is consumed mentally but there's no like physical, well, I guess there may be for some, but there's no like manifestation of physical change, I guess, by just looking at art. However, 
over time with food, you literally can grow somebody if you're feeding them every day, right? So that's why I say, if you're going to cook, cook with love, because you don't want someone to grow up without love in their body. All right, that's it for today. I'm going to sign off. Um, it's been a great episode. I really, really like what I talked about today. Um, hopefully I get some good feedback. Shoot me an email, sapphirekitchen11 at gmail.com if you have any questions. Um, visit this podcast at anchor.fm slash matthew-gaston. Um, you can also view this podcast at Spotify. Um, it's on a couple other websites as well. I'll be posting this on my Instagram, sapphirekitchen202 on IG. That's sapphirekitchen202 on IG, S A P P I. H-I-R-E-K-I-T-C-H-E-N-202. Um, it's been great. I hope you guys tune into next week's episode. I'm just going to finish up with the rest of that song by Chronics. Here comes the trouble. Here comes the trouble.